This is the Retirement Solution Podcast with financial advisor John Hicks, founder of J. Hagen Capital. There are so many things that we just have in our mind and we assume that they're correct because we've heard them a hundred thousand times. We got to get rid of all those myths. If you've done a great job saving, you'd be surprised what you can accomplish when you use the right strategies. Most people just aren't aware of them. You've worked hard your whole life to earn and save. Now you need a plan to make that money work hard for you. The people that have sacrificed opportunities to spend money, they sacrificed by putting the money in that 401k. They've sacrificed by putting that money in a 529 college plan for their grandkids. Those types of sacrifices should go rewarded in the long run. John is here to help you find solutions for your retirement. This week in TV history. We do lots of trivia, but I'm mixing up with the TV trivia this week. Oh, there we go. That's good. Uh, 1966, the original Star Trek premiered. But here's the real trivia. Did you know that the original Star Trek only ran for three seasons before NBC canceled it? I did read that. It's been a while. How crazy is that? So due, we're thinking about Captain Kirk and Spock. Due to low three ratings. Years. Three years. I know. Seasons. And then that is one of those pilots that over time, it did incredible. The cultural phenomenon that was. Because Good I figure. think, I feel like I was just flipping through some channel situation this past week and I saw it on rerun still. Of course. Did they still get the residual checks from that? I mean, does that... See, I don't know how they structured in the beginning. Right, I have no idea. Of what, I, I bet Bill Shatner got some extra money in the back end, but I have no idea. He could have actually gone in and bought some of that stuff. I know Maybe. a lot of those guys, those actors did that. Leonard Nimoy, uh, he passed away a few years ago, uh, but he was still getting residuals, but that could have been from the movies. Got I don't it. know if it was the original series. Got it. Okay. And then, because then that made me look up other TV shows that didn't run that long. Sure. Like uh, the Brady Bunch actually only ran for five seasons, which is long enough. But I sure. do you remember coming home after school when we were little kids and it was on like every single afternoon? I thought it ran for Absolutely. like 20 years. It was like Little House on the Prairie, Brady Bunch. Uh, there was a couple like that um, before, um, uh, was it MASH came on? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But those were, those were the three kind of in that order. But it was amazing when you look back at it. They did not have very, uh, the monkeys, the monkeys were another one. Really? I think the monkeys only had one season. Maybe it was two. <laughs> you, you get, someone needs to spot check me on that. But okay. it was not very many. Uh, but uh, I remember as a kid watching Nick at Night. When I was mm-hmm. traveling, because we didn't have cable growing mm-hmm. up, right. please. Right. No, but when we could get cable, Nick at night, I saw Green Acres and the Monkeys. And I love those. Oh and I think gosh. both of those shows only had like a couple seasons. Mm-hmm. They, but they, by goodness, they lived on reruns for millennia. Was it Zsa Gabor that was Green Acres? She Green was. Acres, Green Acres? Absolutely. And who was the gentleman actor? I can't remember. I can't remember. I can't remember who he was. <sighs> Back in the day, y'all. I know. Mm. That's it's just crazy to think about how some stuff that has become, like I said, such huge cultural phenomenon was just kind of a flash in the Short-lived, pan. Of yeah, course. especially if you you look how things run now. But uh, speaking of things and time frames and longevity that we need to have in place, the whole idea of how long we can live into the years ahead is a real way a lot on so many people because of the pressure now to support ourselves. Make sure that income is there. That's the thing you always preach. Got to have that income. But not just that. Got to have the medical bills covered as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, thinking about the cost of long-term care can be $10,000 a month or more, John. It's staggering. The numbers are... The, the, the numbers, every time I read the numbers, I literally go through the resources because I want to figure out how on earth do they compound this nonsense. But it's true when you look at the numbers, guys. Yeah. Just out-of-pocket medical expenses, not including long-term care for many of us, mm-hmm. out-of-pocket medical expenses from the time we're 65 to the time we're gone 
is over three hundred plus thousand dollars over the course of our lifetimes for a couple. Jeez. That's that's mind numbing. And to think that it can cost many of us if we don't go on Medicaid. And, yeah. and I'll be honest with you, I know a lot of people want to do Medicaid planning, but if you've ever been to a Medicaid facility, I would advise that we can probably do planning a little bit better than that. Right. We don't want to be forced to go into the government's alternative for those situations. And there's so many good ways you can do that. But the objective is to understand, guys, it can cost, I mean, over a hundred thousand dollars a year. Right. I mean, it wasn't even long-term care, but like my father, when he had a stroke, it cost my parents hundreds of thousands of dollars out of pocket Mm -hmm. to have him taken care of. And so this is one of those things that even though I I frankly hate the subject matter, it doesn't make you feel good, but it's something that I missed in the beginning part of my practice that we now make sure we pay attention to because there are very few things that can derail even the best financial plans, but healthcare is one of them. Right. Well... Let's go ahead and pile on while we're on the subject matter today because it gets worse than that. No, I I read this article and I said, I cannot wait to talk to John Hicks about this because I know you're going to have thoughts on it. Now there are about a dozen or so states that are considering implementing a tax (laughs) on people who don't carry long-term care insurance. And I guess this is the idea. Of course they are. They're trying to backpedal and be able to fund Medicare and all Uh the, the systems that were set up many years ago that aren't going to run out of money, it looks like. So the idea of this tax now for a dozen or so states, which you have to wonder, is it going to trickle to other states? Of course it will. So, okay, do we go jump out and buy policies now to avoid paying these possible taxes? How in the heck, with the government now interjecting themselves, do we begin to understand and figure out the long-term care? I feel like it's a little bit of a game for ourselves. Think about that. Think about, Heather, how ridiculous that is. So when you look at how it works, Medicaid is federally funded, but it, it is administrated at a state level. Mm-hmm. So what we have is we got a ton of states, and I was looking at this thing that you gave me, this dossier. <laughs> California's in there, of course, but look, Michigan, Minnesota, uh, Colorado, Illinois, Missouri, North Carolina, bunch more. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're basically saying, hey, if you, you, you need to pay for long-term care. Whether you need it or not, we're going to make you pay for it. <laughs> and if you don't, we're going to tax you. We're going to tax you to do the stuff that you should do. Now, by the way, how many more you know federal and state bailouts can we give right. to other groups of people? But they want us to be responsible for long-term care. And I'll, I'll be honest. I've said this on the show dozens of times in the past. I think that there are a few things that rip people off more than long-term care insurance, at, l- at least the historical way that it's been done. Okay. Because here's what I used to see. I saw this all the time, Heather. Okay. So I would, someone would come and talk to me, and let's say they're in their late 60s, and they have a long-term care policy. They've been paying on it for years and years and years. Maybe it's 2500 bucks a year. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not bad. And as soon as that person turns about 75 or something like that, that long-term care insurance is not $2,500 a year anymore, which, by the way, is over 200 a month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what they're paying, and I still don't think that's terrible. But all of a sudden, by the time they turn 75, now all of a sudden that insurance company says, ooh, you hit an age where you might actually need this. And they make it not 2500 a year, 10000 a year. $15,000 a year. Something absolutely absurd. I have seen those exact numbers happen. They can just change it all they of a sudden? Can't, it is all in the fine print. It's oh, all in the geez. fine print of how these stupid things work. And so here's what happens. Then you have someone that has tried to be responsible their whole life. Yeah. They've tried to take care of themselves because you know maybe they lost a spouse or, or maybe they weren't married or maybe they, they didn't know what was going to happen and they didn't want there to be an obligation to their kids, right? right? Right. Or maybe they didn't have kids. And so in all these situations, these people try to be responsible and they get end up getting hosed because they get to the point where frankly it's too expensive to maintain 
But at that point in time, they've put tens of thousands of dollars into this thing, and they don't want to let it go. But I remember being on a couple phone calls over the years. I'm going to call her Miss Daisy. Okay. But Miss Daisy, I remember I had to get on the phone. She had been paying, let's say, $2,000 a year for this policy for over two decades. Mm -hmm. But now she was at an age, and now they made it almost $15,000 a year. She had four kids. None of them lived in the state. Had to get on the phone on a, on a conference call with all four kids, basically saying, Hey, listen, guys, you know, if one of you've got basements and space, then your mom would be more than happy to go there. But if you guys can't come together and help her pay for this, then frankly, this is going to be a problem. And that is so uncomfortable. Number one, Miss Daisy felt terrible. Yeah. She felt, Oh my gosh, I feel like I was trying to do the right thing. And now I'm even more of a burden on my family because they're dealing with this. And, and the last thing that she wanted to do was impose on any of them, but she did not have the assets. And I, I didn't ever give her that long-term care policy. I was just trying to administrate and help her along the way. Right. Guys, that is the story that I've heard so many times. And so one of the things I didn't do is I never did long-term care. However, if we're starting to see states impose taxes, what can we do? Traditional long-term care, in my opinion, is not very attractive. Okay. But, Heather, let's talk about one of the things I have run across here recently. Okay. Not only would it tell our states, hey, kiss my grits, but at the same <laughs> yeah. time, but at the same time, it might actually be not only responsible, it might actually be attractive. So okay. I've had a lot of people come up to me and say, John, listen, my, my mom was in a long-term care facility for a period of time. I heard the story about your dad and how much money you spent. Man, I don't want that to happen to me. Mm-hmm. And so what can we do? And I started doing some research a couple years ago, and only recently, only like in the last six months, has something actually popped up. So in the research I was doing, here's what I want. I need something that is completely liquid for our clients to use, whether they use it for long-term care or not. That's the first thing. I need it to be completely liquid. Okay. Number two, I need it to actually earn an adequate rate of return. Like if people have money in the bank sitting in there, they're only earning a percent or maybe not even a full percent on the money. Guys, that's dead money. So what I need is I need these type of uh, plans to be able to produce at least three to as much as 10% a year of actual returns. Okay. Some of these things can do that. But the main thing I want is I want for if they need that money, they can use it. But if they don't need that money, it can be used towards long-term care for their future selves. Okay. So, Heather, I did the numbers here a couple days ago yeah. uh, on a 65-year-old female. So let's assume it doesn't matter, male, female. But a 65-year-old at 100000 bucks, just sitting at the bank earning squaddle. And we were able to show her, hey, yeah, so we have an insurance company that you do not have to do any kind of major medical underwriting at all. They're going to give you 3% a year on your money no matter what, period. So you're going to earn 3% on your money, and it's fully liquid. (gasps) So she had $100,000. So $100,000 for the 65-year-old female that was sitting at the bank earning nothing, that dead money, we at least have now earning 3%. Now here's the main thing. That hundred grand is yeah. now worth a hundred and seventy-two thousand dollars for her to use towards long-term care. Hmm. So it almost effectively adds seventy-five percent more to use for long-term care. Right. So that's not bad. But what if she needs the money? Right. She just pulls the money out. No penalty. No fee. No risk. No nothing. There's no downside. You get three percent guaranteed safe. But if you need it for long-term care, it actually compounds and it's completely used tax-free. So we showed her this illustration. That $100,000, if she never used it, by the time she's 75, which is 10 years from now, it'd be worth about $170,000 straight cash. She can pull it out, use it whenever she wants, or it would have about $233,000 of long-term care benefit completely tax-free. So guys, what we found was, is we found a way to take dead money, basically keep it completely liquid and safe, but at the same time earn a better rate of return. And on top of all that, if she did have to have long-term care, 
it can be used for that completely tax-free. And it's not perfect. But if especially states are going to start taxing us, why don't we take that dead money sitting at the bank earning nothing and at least try to get something slightly better out of it? Thanks for listening to the Retirement Solution Podcast with John Hicks. Begin the conversation about your savings plan with John and the team at J. Hagen Capital by visiting RetirementSolutionRadio.com. Be sure to listen to John's radio show, The Retirement Solution, Saturdays at 8 a.m. and Sundays at 9 a.m. on News Radio 840 WHAS. J. Hagen Capital Inc. is not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if J. Hagen Capital Inc. is licensed in your state, please call 502-690-5635. J. Hagen Capital Inc. is not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. It does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Jonathan Hicks. Insurance license number 548962.